0: Everyone has prophets in their life. Prophets are those who, if we go according to the words of Jeremiah in chapter 23 today, prophets are those who will speak to you a vision. The prophets of old had dreams and they spoke to you a vision. But that can be applied today too. They will envision for you a way to think. They will envision for you a way to interpret the world around you. All prophets of all times, they will give you an interpretation, an interpretation of current events. They will tell you what they think might happen in the future. They will give you these interpretations. Now, prophets of the Lord, as Jeremiah so clearly says multiple times today, prophets of the Lord are to do this. They are to prophesy, envision, give interpretations according to the Lord's word. And the Lord's word alone. And modern prophets, that would be preachers. Modern preachers, if they are the Lord's, they should preach according to and preach only the word of God, the Holy Bible. But we have other prophets, too. There are all kinds of prophets out there. That's what Jeremiah is talking about. Prophets who don't prophesy strictly according to the word of the Lord. And with the internet today, you have access, immediate access, to hundreds of thousands of prophets instantly. You have Hollywood prophets who prophesy to you subliminally with storylines and blatantly with advertisements. You have musician prophets who prophesy to you in lyrics of all sorts of kinds. You have reporter prophets who will prophesy to you with engaging storytelling, no matter how true or untrue the story might be. You have basically every kind of prophet talking about all sorts of topics and giving all sorts of interpretations on all sorts of social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts. You can find lots of people prophesying lots of things trying to have their voice heard above all the noise. Hopefully, if you're lucky, you have some prophets in your life, real prophets, face-to-face prophets, who help you try and figure out all of this mess, who try and teach you. And hopefully, really hopefully, according to the Word. So you have all sorts of prophets in your life. And going just off that list that we just Went through, I would guess, I would hazard to guess, that a lot of the prophets we have in our life today are false prophets. False and malicious prophets who want you to go astray from the word alone. Jeremiah has very specific, very simple advice for false prophets. The first thing he says about them in our reading today is simply this. Do not listen. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy filling you with vain hopes. Do not listen to them. One thing that I have observed over my time in the ministry is that most people, for whatever reason in our society today, and maybe this is a problem that has existed since the beginning of the fall into sin. I'm not exactly sure. But one thing that people tend to do is they tend to think, many, many people, probably most people, I think, tend to think that they are able to discern false prophets and real prophets. And that they are mature enough, especially, to handle the false prophets. That they think that they can consume the media, that is the words of, media is a very broad term, they can consume the media of basically any prophet. For whatever reason, most people think that they can, for instance, discern between the debauchery portrayed on the TV show and the entertainment that it provides them. They think that they can discern between the false doctrine that the engaging evangelical preacher who puts out the nice devotion or who has the popular YouTube video or whatever, they can discern between the false doctrine that the evangelical preacher espouses and the true Bible stuff that he mixes into his message. Most people think that they can discern between the good practical self-help that the self-help guru online gives and between between that and between the vain philosophy that he gets it from most people think that they are really good at handling false prophets and discerning thinking that they can take the good stuff and leave the bad stuff and keep it completely separated from one another but jeremiah's statement is pretty simple just don't listen Full stop, do not listen to them. The truth of the matter is that none of you, including me, is as mature as we might think we are in this regard. None of us are so mature and so vigilant that we can, 100% of the time, always separate the good from the bad. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? If you think that something might be tainted, with a little bit of false prophecy, with a little bit of vain philosophy, with a little bit of sinful thinking, just don't listen. You don't need it in your life. You would not drink a bottle of water even if it had a couple drops of sewer water in it. Would you? So why would you take in prophets and prophecies that you know a little bit of bad stuff is mixed in, even if a lot of it seems really good. And part of the reason why I think so many people think they are so discerning, discerning is exactly that. That a lot of what false prophets say do it does sound good. That's actually what Jeremiah goes on to describe about a major characteristic of the false prophets he's dealing with in his day. And I think it's also true today is that the false prophets, one major characteristic about them, is that they are overly positive about life. They prophesy good things. The main characteristic where Jeremiah says, don't listen to the words of this kind of prophet, is that they will fill you with vain hopes. They say to those even who despise the Lord. So the prophets, the false prophets, are saying to people who are by their confession at this point in their life going to hell, people who are outright pagans, people who deny the Lord, they say to those, it shall be well with you, don't worry about it. And they say to those who are prideful and who are self-centered, no disaster is going to come upon you, even though we know pride goeth before the fall. Earlier in chapter 8, Jeremiah says of these false prophets, They prophesy peace, peace, where there is no peace. This is a characteristic of false prophets to watch for. Inwardly, they don't care about you. Inwardly, they only care about gaining things for themselves, gaining material riches for themselves, gaining worldly pomp and circumstance for themselves. But outwardly, they make it sound so nice. They speak in niceties. They promise you good things are going to happen. That's why Jesus calls them in Matthew chapter 7 in our gospel reading for today, wolves in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they are ravenous wolves, but they come to you and they look so nice. They look like they're going to give you comfort. That's what they promise. No disaster. It shall be well, peace, peace, comfort. It's going to be good with you. And the devil knows what he's doing with that. This is the way to take away people and trick people if you want to trick them. It's not with pain. It's with pleasure, with comfort. Many people think today you hear a lot of social commentary that says that George Orwell's 1984 is where our society is going today. Where a dystopian government, a totalitarian government is going to use punishment to control its citizens for quote-unquote thought crimes and there may be a lot of truth in that analysis but i would say that my more favorite dystopian novel if i had to pick one if you're in that kind of dystopian mood is aldous huxley's brave new world because in brave new world it's a little bit more accurate than 1984. the totalitarian government in brave new world does not use punishment It uses pleasure to control the people. The citizens in Brave New World are controlled by drugs and by psychological conditioning to make them comfortable. Comfortable in the dystopian nightmare in which they live. And my point in that distinction is this, is that people are more distracted, people are more taken away by comfort, pleasure, than they are by pain. Or by force. And thus, when the false prophets come to preach to you, this is how they will mainly preach to you. They will come promising peace. They will come promising comfort. They will come promising pleasure. They will come promising you all kinds of goodness if you just follow what they say. They don't normally come to you immediately mocking you for your faith. They don't come to you trying to argue with you. They don't come to you shooting at you, trying to start a war with you. They will come promising peace and comfort. They will come in sheep's clothing. It is simply more effective of a way to take you away from the faith. And there are plenty of examples when you start to think about false prophets in this way. Who is out there promising you a better way of life, a peace, a comfort, a goodness, apart from Christ? Well, there are the Marxists who are unfortunately becoming more and more popular in our country today who promise you things that like by 2030 you'll own nothing and you'll all be very, very happy. There are the liberal church bodies who hold the universal salvation that no matter what anyone believes, everyone can be saved because God is just so loving. He wouldn't let anyone go to hell, would he? All you have to do is just try and Live a good life, and you'll all go to heaven one day. And then there are, and these are probably the most difficult to dissect and work through, there are all of the, as we've talked about, voices on the internet. All of the internet personalities, the self-help authors, the cultural commentators out there, promising you all sorts of peace, all sorts of comfort, all sorts of success if you just follow their systems. And those are especially tricky because there can be some true wisdom in there. Some true what we would call natural law wisdom where they recognize truths about God, God's creation and tell you some of those truths and they do actually kind of work in some ways to help with some things so that your life's not so miserable. But then mixed in with all of that noise on the internet, there's also so many things that can lead you astray. You can read about one... Kind of instance of this in that category and about Jordan Peterson, who's very popular today in the newsletter article. I forgot to say that in the announcements, the messenger for August is now available. Pick it up at either entrance, online in your inbox. You can read about these things. But back to Jeremiah, there are many false prophets. Many who will promise you all sorts of goodness, all sorts of success apart from Christ if you just follow their ways. And Jeremiah also points out another thing about this speaking goodness that they do. And the reason that they do that, other than it being a tricky way to lure you in, the reason that the false prophets promise goodness is also this, because they are trying to avoid a fundamental truth about God. They are trying to avoid the fact that God has wrath, against sin. Jeremiah urges that if they would simply listen to the word of the Lord, if they would stand in his counsel, they would know this truth about God. Verses 19 and 20. Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest that will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. Brothers and sisters, those who are not grafted into the vine of Christ by faith are diseased, and they will not bear good fruit. A diseased tree cannot bear good fruit, and it will be cut off and thrown into the fire on the last day. God hates sin, and he will punish the evildoer who does not repent. Hear the words of Romans chapter 2. Do you suppose, O man, you who practice wickedness, That you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. False prophets want God's kindness without God's wrath. You cannot pit God's attributes against one another. God is fully kind. He is fully merciful. He is fully gracious. There is no doubt about that. But he is also fully just. And he is fully the judge. He is fully God. He is fully holy. He is fully everything that God is. You cannot pit those things against one another. And if you pit those things against one another, trying to pit his mercy against his justice, you will not only end up in theological error on the doctrine of God, but you will ruin your faith. Your faith will be lukewarm at best. That's what the false prophets want to do to you. By promising you all this peace, all this comfort, all this goodness apart from Christ, Apart from the cross of Christ for the forgiveness of sins, they are trying to turn your faith lukewarm at best. They are trying to make you forget about your own sinfulness, about the wrath that is coming, and therefore about your need for Christ. Therefore, making a shipwreck of your faith. It is... so true that today we neglect God's wrath. We must hear about God's wrath. If God's wrath is not true, then the gospel is not true. What would it save you from? There is only one thing that can help this problem. There is only one thing that can destroy the false prophets. There is only one thing that can turn you back to Christ, and that is his word. This is the final point that Jeremiah makes over and over again in chapter 23. Here again, verse 22. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. In verses 28 and 29. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word Speak faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord, is not my word. Like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Brothers and sisters, it is God's word that shows you your sin and grants you repentance to live a new life in faith in Christ. It is God's word spoken faithfully by his prophets that burns through the sinful Dross and refines your faith that is more precious than gold and silver. It is God's word, preached and proclaimed, that is like a hammer shattering your heart of stone and putting in your heart a heart of flesh to believe in God and love again. It is God's word that cleaves the darkness, the hymn says. Hear Romans 10. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So, dear saints, look for a prophet. Look for a prophet to preach to you this word of fire and hammer. Look for a prophet so that you may have Christ. Pray that you may have a true prophet so that you may have the true Christ. Judge the words of your prophet. Judge my words. Judge the words of this pulpit. May they be nothing but God's word applied to you. Not false, not taking you away with vain philosophy, but true words, fiery words, hammer words. And pray for your prophet too, that he may remain steadfast and faithful, that he may speak with the fire of God and with his spirit. So that you may be saved from the ravenous wolves and so that we may all know Christ who would save us from the wrath we all deserve. To God be all the honor and glory now and forever. Amen.